In the 21st century, the world searches for answers to the questions that really affect our lives. Does anyone know an anagram for gonad dream? To debate the topics that really matter. Star Trek is in a good place right now. Yeah, I can't agree with you on that one. And be brave enough to state the truth. Movies just don't end that way. Three men dare to face what others fear. James. Oh yeah, I, di- I didn't need that image. Jesse. Uh, I was thinking God or dog. Joash. I want Stan Lee to be the one to wield the Infinity Gauntlet and destroy Thanos. If you hunger for knowledge, if you thirst for wisdom, if you're looking for a podcast that will make all your wildest dreams come true, you've come to the wrong place. You're listening to the Anti-Matter Hour. Boom! Ah! Are we recording? Yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> glub, glub. <laughs> that was a uh, bloodbath of a trivia. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that trivia was almost as much as the letdown of the last episode of Game of Thrones. Oh! <laughs> And and not nearly, not nearly the rush as uh, well. Here we'll put a timestamp on it. Not nearly the rush as the uh, Blazers uh, winning uh, game two, uh, round two, to seize home court advantage away from the Denver Nuggets. Wait, didn't you say if we lost tonight's trivia, you were going to blame it on us because we started getting more focused on that? <laughs> oh, I'm glad you brought that up, Josh. <laughs> so let's think. Uh, about uh, two minutes left in uh, the fourth quarter of the game tonight uh, coincided with roughly about round seven of yep. the trivia tonight. Yep. And uh, it was all I could do to get you two to actually get your eyes onto the, uh, the, the paper to actually focus on the questions at hand. Yeah, yeah but as I remember, we did uh, okay on round seven. To be fair, <laughs> I did actually get one answer of one of those answers right that none of us knew, which was Nicole Kidman. So I, I got one of the answers right that all of us would have known, but I, I did. Uh, I did announce the answer. <laughs> <laughs> the, of course, round seven was, it was uh, all these. Round. All the yeah, these are audio clips of people who live in or, Hawaii, or came from Hawaii, who came from Hawaii. Right. The last one. Uh, the last one, of course, was Barack Obama. <laughs> so you got lucky in that. Uh, paying attention really wouldn't have helped that much. Um, also, uh, after round seven had finished and there was like 40 seconds left in the game, even the uh, quiz master was a bit distracted by the game. He kind of, he kind of he extended came, the break between round seven and round eight to he, allow... Yeah. He came to trivia tonight uh, essentially dressed head to toe in Blazers gear. So yeah, that's, that's a good that. point, <laughs> yes. I think his uh, affiliations are uh, now... And maybe, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe we should invite him uh, quiz... What was his name, Rob? Rob, yeah, yeah, maybe we should ask him to the uh, stand to our next game we go to in standing room uh, for the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Uh, You're assuming that he actually has any interest in being in our company for li- any length of time. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, who knows? No, I'm not assuming. Uh, I'll just uh, just cons- extend c- c- just extended invitation. It, uh, Real quick, since we've been talking about it, why don't one of you two put the uh, this in context as to what we're talking about with the Blazer game tonight? Oh, so. Um, Right now, as of this recording, it is round two of the playoffs. The 
quarter uh, quarterfinals of each conference, and the Blazers are playing the Nuggets, and it was game two in Denver. Yeah, in yeah. this uh, particular series, uh, Denver has the home court advantage and won the first game. Yep. Uh, Blazers tonight, our uh, uh, home team here in Portland, uh, won the second game in a best-of-seven series. Uh, in a best-of-seven series, when the home team wins the first two games, they uh, historically have gone on to win 90-some uh, percentage of the uh, time. Uh, when it's split 1-1 after two games, essentially that shifts the home court advantage to the to the original road team. So in, in our case The lower-seeded right, team, basically. Exactly. In our case now, the Blazers, uh, who were the uh, did not have the home court advantage, have now stolen home court advantage, and the next two games will be here in Portland. That made Trevina a little difficult because that was going on in the background. And so, yeah, and seven and eight turned out to be crucial rounds, this trivia. Yeah, that, I think the Blazer game had no bearing on the fact that we completely whiffed two uh, multi-point questions on round eight Yeah, to uh, get one of our lowest scoring nights of uh, trivia history, basically. It, it wasn't our proudest moment. It, it also um, brings into sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, focus or... or um, our attention, the uh, depth of Stephen King's um, uh, catalog of movie adaptions. Uh, there was, uh, I don't know, uh, what were the categories? So three Stephen King movies, it was movie the three, adaptions. The three top grossing movie adaptations. It was Spooky Small Town, Spooky Prison, Prison, Prison yeah. and Spooky Hotel. Spooky New York Hotel. Right. I don't think he oh, said and New no, York. No, he did. I think he did. Well, yeah, he did on the second go-around. Oh, uh, okay. So then... Uh, All I heard was Spooky Hotel. So we were able to fully fill in a spooky hotel, a spooky town, and spooky uh, prison, and have all three, uh, all three Stephen King uh, adaptations, and have them all three be wrong. Yeah, <laughs> we, we put in Misery for Spooky Town... The Shawshank Redemption for Spooky Prison, and The Shining for Spooky Hotel. Turns out the answers were It for Spooky Town, yep. The Green, Green Mile, Mile for Spooky Prison, yep. and 1408. 1408. 1408, I think. Room 1408 or just... Just 1408. 1408 for Spooky Hotel. I, I guess in retrospect, um, we probably could have disqualified Shawshank Redemption as a spooky prison. Well, how spooky was The Green Mile? Uh, there, there was some uh, sort of spectral or a astral plane uh, kind of stuff going on. Uh, well, I guess that's I guess that's spooky in a way. There was also uh, the most recent uh, Stephen King, uh, the oh, what was that miniseries on Hulu uh, that just recently oh, came out? Oh, uh, yeah, but that's was it. It That's was not a movie adaptation, it, but... It wasn't even a book adaptation. No. Was it like The Dome or something like that? No, no it, it was, was completely uh, from uh, from scratch. They just... Yeah, uh, and because it had the prison of Shawshank. Yes. Oh, that was Shawshank Prison. Okay. Yeah, it was Shawshank Prison. And, <clears throat> yeah, oh my gosh. I know what you're talking about. It would... It started out with some promise and then kind of went downhill. Yeah, I liked it. Not Netflix, um, Hulu. Hulu, yeah. Uh here it is. Uh, wait, wait. Uh, hang on. This is very interesting. Uh, 
Castle Rock. Yeah, Castle That's Rock. That's what it was. So Castle Rock was an, uh, 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 essentially, what do you call it, a... Uh, Mish, not an a mishmash, an, like but an, an anthology. No, not uh, anthology. Uh, um, it was um, amalgamation. It was an according amalgamation. According to Wikipedia, it's an American oh, it psychological horror anthology. Apparently, it is an anthology. Oh, okay. Usually, an anthology is where you have you have episodes uh, that are very loosely connected. Right. In this case, it's one series that is. I would. I guess personally, I would call it an amalgamation because they yeah. they combined elements from disparate. Stephen King's stories yeah. into one story. And it's not even connected to the Tower. The Dark Tower? The Dark Tower uh, series. Because the Dark Tower is essentially, like, uh, uh, this is from what I understand. All Stephen King's books are in the same universe, and they're all connected mm. by the Dark Tower. Oh. That, right. th- which kind of connects all the books in a, in, a, in a way. And you can see throughout the books, there's... Um, Nods to other books, things like that. Um, I, 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 I quite uh, enjoyed Castle Rock, uh, and at this point, I can't remember if I made it to the final episode. But the episodes that I did watch, I do remember enjoying. And there was one particular episode about somewhere around two thirds to three quarters of the way through the season that. Uh, I think it was universally praised for its uh, boldness and creativity. Um, they did. Uh, uh, Sissy Spacek was nominated for this particular episode for uh, oh many many uh, different awards uh, uh, in in the genre of like TV episode awards. It's like Emmys, stuff yeah, like that. yeah. Um, and it was. I mean, it was it was something to behold when I when I had seen it. Uh, I s- the, the the TV series sort of, uh, I think you sort of hinted at it, it sort of derailed at some point. Uh, but to the point uh, of this mid-season episode, the show was good. I, I would even say it was worth watching, even even though the, ep- the, the season sort of ended in a disappointment. It's hard to go wrong because you had Bill Skarsgård playing the big baddie, yeah. which he did a really good job at with it. So... Yeah. Yeah. Can't Speaking. Go, sp- oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, can't go wrong with a scars guard. No, you can't. Speaking of big TV, kind of going back to the uh, Game of Thrones that we were talking about loosely before. So, season eight, episode three, just aired um, a few days ago, as of this recording. Um, I'm curious what your guys's opinion. Of of that episode is not not just by itself uh, by itself tr- uh, by itself but also in connection with the overall story arc. I'm curious what you guys think. Okay, I'm just going to chime in here real quick because I can't contribute on the level of you two uh, in terms of the level of detail. I'm just, I'm just going to say uh, I liked it, and that's it. Uh, take it away, Jesse. I uh, I agree. I also liked it. Um, I I won't uh, go as far as to say uh, I, I I would probably say there's a uh, uh, what would you call it a, a gradient of uh, from all the way you know just dyed in the wool uh, 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 you know uh, card carrying Game of Thrones aficionados and fans uh, uh, and all all the way down to uh, 
someone who has no uh, no emotional connection and no uh, affiliation whatsoever, uh, and uh, and there's probably you know uh, I don't know a meter or a needle, uh, in, and uh, I'm I'm pretty close to universally liking this episode. In fact, the main and only complaint I have with the episode is how muddy the video. Uh, I don't know if it's the. I don't know if it's the compression. Turn or, the lights up. I, Turn I, it's the hard lights to see up. anything at all. I, I'm not even. I didn't even have a problem with the lighting because I could adjust lighting on my TV screen, and I, I did. did on mine. And I could see. I could see all the action that I wanted to see, uh, but I couldn't. Something. Something they did with maybe it was uh, Amazon, maybe it was HBO, maybe it was uh, uh, Comcast. I don't know. Something to do with the compression, uh, like anything that wasn't front of frame, it, everything that was in the background was very blurry and uh, uh, washed. Like it looked like uh, you know clouds, sky, particle effects. Uh, I uh, haven't seen that many artifacts since the last time I went to the Natural History Museum. Yeah. Hey. hey. <laughs> oh, where's where's the rim shot sound effect? <laughs> you going to do the one-two skidoo over there, <laughs> Joe <laughs> but, Today's uh, secret one is... So assuming uh, everyone uh, listening is... Uh, if To those listening, uh, if you've seen the show, or assuming you've seen the show, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I had no problems whatsoever with the plot. Uh, I did... I mean, uh, you can break out your uh, George Pattons and your uh, uh, oh, uh, what's the uh, the uh, general uh, George, uh, James Mattis's uh, your uh, <laughs> your military uh, your Genghis Khan's your military geniuses. Uh, oh, Alexander the Great, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, maybe they made some uh, stupid military choices, like having the cavalry charge uh, invisible uh, enemy uh, uh, at you know, beyond the range of the siege, siege machines or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it's all explainable if you uh, just suspend your disbelief for a second and think, uh, uh, well, what would I do if uh, 100,000 uh, zombies were uh, preparing to attack me? Uh, uh, actually, I have absolutely no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> One key thing to remember at that point in time is that technically... Even though uh, they were all loyal to Daenerys, you know n- none of the um, uh, what were her two armies called? The Dothraki, the Dothraki, Dothraki and, and the Unsullied. The Unsullied. Right. None of them knew, except for uh, Grey Worm, really, and Melisandre or um, Melisandra. Yeah, Melisandra. Oh, mi- oh, Miss Andy. Miss Andy. Miss Andy. That's the, uh, the yeah. translator. Yeah, the translator. I really actually knew that there was a you know undead horde. Yeah, they just took it off of loyalty. So, I am not... I've read a couple of the books. Um, Outside of that, I haven't read, like, any of his recent works, which are just basically world-building. Fire and blood. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, I'm not as deeply connected to this as I am to, say, Star Wars. So, I feel like what my... I feel like my... The issues... Because there are definitely things to like about in this episode. I feel like the the whole scene with uh, Arya um, going throughout Winterfell and kind of that creepy, very horror-like aspect to it was really good. Uh, World, I, World War Z. Yeah. And, and I feel like um, 
you know, there was a there was a great way to pay off Melisandre's uh, prophecy when she was speaking to Arya about how she's going to close green eyes, brown eyes, and blue eyes. Yep. Um, and there's you know there's definitely excellent ways that they paid off some some different things in that. My main issue is the fact that a- as it is in the book, the first scene of the first episode of the first season is introducing you to the White Walkers and introducing it to you in a way where it's like, this is bad. Yeah. This is a big, bad thing. And throughout the entire series, especially the first three or four seasons, it seemed like <clears throat> it seemed like the what the show was telling you and I'll say show specifically. What the show was telling you was that the Game of Thrones is really stupid and doesn't really matter. What matters is death is coming. The White Walkers are coming. That's what you need to focus all your efforts on. That's the big bad thing. And, and, it's, and, it's, and it's unstoppable. That's kind of the, the feeling you got. Especially at the end of... I can't remember specifically what episode it was, but the end of the battle um, at, is it Heimdall? No, not Heimdall. It's oh, Hardhome? Hardhome. The end of the battle at Hardhome, where John is floating away on, yeah. on the rowboat, and you see the Night King for the first time, and he raises all the dead. And the whole idea is, you've, you know, you've lost thousands of men, and I've gained thousands of men. Yeah. Like you, you've done nothing here. You've lost, and now you've given me all these. Pe- so the the whole idea seemed to be this kind of <clears throat> this kind of like you know this is a bad thing, and you can't stop it, and it's coming, and this is what really matters. Right. And for two episodes in to the last season, for the Night King to go out like that seems a little a little bit like. Uh, like little Annie blowing up the big, the big droid controlling starship in the Phantom Menace, and all the oh that Annie oh. collapsing, and it's kind of like I don't know. I, I'm not saying. Look, the scene where Arya Naruto runs, like the, you know, the whole thing where the White Walker has that wisp of air that that moves his hair and he turns around, knowing that that's Arya like doing her yeah. ninja run right. in the background. That whole scene, it, it, it's awesome. The way it plays out is awesome. My big problem is that the White Walkers weren't that big of a deal, and the Night King himself was really... That was a, that was a bad, badly written, evil character. Yeah. Badly written. Because what does he do? What exactly... I mean, he does a lot of staring... He he did two things that I can remember the 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 scene at Hardhome you already mentioned yeah and was it Viserys that the yeah. dragon yeah, yeah. Uh, he 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 turned to Viserys yeah but uh, what does that come to nothing nothing right nothing and so as a character it it would be one thing I feel like if they had given if they had played out a little bit more his origination who he was as a person how he got captured by the by the uh, um, spirit, spirit, the children of the forest. children of the forest, and how he had gotten created and everything like that. But really, all we got was one scene of him as a as a human, 
just pointing out that the spirit, the children of the force were the ones that created him. Right. And then those two scenes, as an evil guy, I mean, I've seen even even <laughs> even the uh, elf in Thor: The Dark World had more character development than the Night King did over eight seasons, yep. and that was disappointing to me. Yeah, that's that's my main issue. There's, uh, I mean, I, I agree with all the points you made. Uh, there's, uh, I mean, a few mitigating. Uh, uh, situations that sort of they don't uh, excuse uh, any of that, but um, the showrunners are in a place where they have run out of track uh, from the source material and are essentially at a point where they have to get from point A to point B, and there's no uh, there are not very many train stations along the way uh, to sort of stop and uh, and yeah. take a, take a stop. So they essentially, uh, I I would like to see, uh, as you mentioned, I would like to see way more about uh, what what happened with the Night King. Uh, how did he, uh, you know, what are his motivations? What how did he get where he was? What was he before? What um, was his plan? Yeah. What was he uh, trying to do? I also uh, would have uh, preferred if. The battle had been uh, a little more catastrophic to the uh, yeah to the cause, but again, I think that's part of getting from point A to point B. That all they have plans for all these characters in the further parts of the season, um, and then lastly, I also uh, uh, definitely would have liked if they had. Uh, uh, had a little more of a role for John and Danny uh, in, in the battle. Yeah. And what was what was Bran's deal? Uh, uh, Bran essentially his eyes rolled back in his head, and then uh, you didn't hear anything from Bran. For he the was watch. He was watching. He was watching season. He was watching episode eight of. Yeah. Or episode uh, three of season eight of Game of Thrones. Right. So uh, for that reason. Uh, like I said, although I like this episode, uh, how how it fits in to the greater sort of uh, uh, mythos of Great Game of Thrones will depend on how they land, how they stick the landing as far as the final three episodes. Yeah, James. Well, let's uh, let's focus on the the situation with the show. So, any hopes of learning more about the Night King and his past is basically zero at this point. Uh, because uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, they basically wiped out all the White Walkers in one fell swoop. Yeah, and now there's three episodes left, and it's all about Cersei, Cersei and winning or whatever the Game of Thrones. Yeah, or I'm, breaking the wheel or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, anyway, go ahead. Well, I was just say I'll, I'll actually. Uh, I, I don't have any evidence or uh, spoilers or anything like that. I haven't done any production. You know. I know there's certain leaks that have come out, and uh, I've heard of leaks. I haven't, I haven't done anything to research them, but I'll, I'll slightly push back on that and say I don't think they would have made that episode that way if if that was just if it's now just water under the bridge, because uh, there's there's a number of loose ends that could come back into play if. And it might make the episode make more sense if 
for example, even though the White Walkers are dead, uh, like how do like is this? We just mentioned a minute ago. How do you explain Bran's behavior during that episode? Uh, well, he had been marked by the Night King. Maybe he was infected by the Night King. Uh, maybe there's something uh, that was imparted onto him by the Night King. Uh, is Bran uh, uh, a threat to the rest of the uh, uh, the Northerners or John or Danny? Um, that's that's kind of the area I'm looking at. Is is there still a White Walker or a Night King threat or element or something something to do with the Three Eyed Raven uh, that could resurface? Well, I mean, are you? What, what do you really mean? Is there any part of like the old magic still in play? Any part of? Yeah, I mean, like, is the is the big bad? Like you said, is the big bad, or is is there something left unresolved that will be resolved or explained? I kind of hope not, and the only reason I say that is because there are only three episodes left, and there's only an hour and a, and a half in between them. I feel like. I feel like there's only enough time to get them from Winterfell to um, King's Landing and to beat them and to have whatever wrap-up they're going to have. I don't know that there's a whole lot more room to develop this idea that, whoa, wait a minute, now Bran's the bad one, now we got to deal with him, because after they deal with him, then there's still Cersei. Yeah. So... Well, let, let's know. let's let's look look, look at what's what's left. There's the forces at Winterfell, which have been practically eradicated. I mean, you got a lot of the big names left, but all of the Dothraki are dead. Pretty much all of the um, a bunch of the Unsullied are dead. Unsullied are dead. Uh, the the real I mean, the show can do whatever it wants. It could just say, "Oh, look, there's still all these people left." But yeah. really, based on what we just saw in the last episode. There really isn't much of an army left at Winterfell. Yeah. Meanwhile, Cersei's got the Iron Company. Is that what it's called? The Golden Company. The Golden, Golden Company. Company. And the Iron Fleet. The Iron I Fleet. I think is what it is The Iron called. Fleet and the Golden Company. And apparently, if we're to trust the uh, intro, you know, the intro to each episode, yeah. the intro, not the, the animation. Yeah. A, uh, a dragon-killing, a dragon-killing, uh, is it called an astrolabe? Uh, I think that's the spinning uh, spherical like rings. Uh, well, that was a staircase, wasn't it? No, no. He's he's talking about at the beginning of each episode. Oh, the the thing around the sun. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm referring to when the credit when yeah, the opening goes to big, King's Landing, and it, sh- it goes down yeah. beneath. There's the giant crossbow, yeah, crossbow that they wounded uh, Dro- Drogon, Drogon, Drogon yeah. with. Uh, so there's that. Um, also, there's a splinter fleet from. Of uh, oh, what's her name, the technical leader of the uh, Iron Islands? Yara. Yeah, Yara. Yara. Yeah, uh, she went to reclaim the their the Iron Islands. The Iron Islands themselves. Yeah, is there anything else in play? Yes, there's um, the Tyrells. Uh, um, or not the Tyrells. The Martells. The, Mar- the Martells. Yeah. Thank you. The Martells. There's an entire army potentially down there that uh, that was aligned with um, the Lannisters. Yeah, well, Daenerys, no, Daenerys. Daenerys and Yara. Oh, um, so there's a oh, lot of right. You c- it depends on how deep you want to dig. There could be like lots of like little splinter elements. For example, like uh, um, if there's any 
Arya loyalists in the the uh, Faceless Men or yeah. um, or uh, uh, pirates like Salador San, uh, the Pirates of the Seven Seas or whatever they are, like uh, they were uh, friends with uh, um, Sir, uh, what's his name now? Uh, he's now Sir the Indian Knight. Uh, uh, did he die? No. Um, um, there was also a house, I don't remember who it was, in the north that did not oh th- that did um, not bring their men with them the bolt not the boltons uh the Carstarks um, no the, that was uh the Carstarks were ha- were that was Alice Carstark uh, yeah. she was uh oh uh it wasn't the Glovers oh no it was the, it was the Glovers yeah they they had kept their men there i imagine that whether they like it or not they are going to become part of the army of the north they'll probably be in the yeah. vanguard now what about the eerie they were fighting in the yeah the knights yeah. of the vale uh yeah uh, the Riverlands could potentially have some uh, houses with some knights left. Uh, uh, that was the uh, the Blackfish, like the the uh, Tullys, the Riverlands. What about um, the guy that owns the land where there's the bridge? That's the twins. That, that's part of the Riverlands. And okay. That's the guy who Arya ate, uh, yeah. fed his sons in a pie. Uh, Eat. Is that family... Uh, is that... Is that house dead now? I don't uh, think I don't think the house so much is dead. Just the guy that was leading the house because yeah. he had Walder, I don't know Walder how Frey. many. So, of course, she poisoned a bunch of them. Um, but there's also like I mean, if, if you really want to like stretch, there's also uh, uh, Danny had some uh, loyalists uh, back in the free cities of uh, the Slaver Bay yeah. cities. Uh, um, I don't know where else you I would think find. It's, I think it's safe to there. assume there's a. There's there's a lot out there that could be pulled. You were even talking about how the Golden Company originally was oh. trying to get they were they uh, were they the were bastard Targaryen. Right. They were bastard so, Targaryens. So maybe they would fall over to Danny at some point. It's difficult to say. There's a lot that the the show could go with that. Um like I said, I I li- there were definitely things to like about the episode. I'm going to watch the rest of it. The thing that scares me is that I feel like the showrunners at one point said we're done yeah, with yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones. We want to move to our they have alt- other alternate, alternate history Confederacy wins America sort of show that they're putting on. And so they've put, they've, they've kind of, they're kind of giving us a lot of crap. Yeah. And, uh, actually, Which, I mean, with the budget still looks good, but I mean, I feel like season eight especially shows just how, just what, how downward trend the writing has been. Since since they've run out of that material. Well, you're right that what we just saw in a single episode was supposed to be the greatest battle that we were hoping for. Right. What's left uh, the show apparently is building up as to be the the final war. Right. But it's hard to see how that war can be bigger in scale than the war that they sh- just fought against the, the white war. Oh yeah, it won't, won't be. Yeah. Uh, but there's three episodes left, and. The, it doesn't seem like they need three episodes to defeat Cersei, but they've got three episodes, so... It's got to be largely um, political, and, uh, uh, I mean, you're going to have some... Uh, you still have the fallout between John and Danny, yeah. with oh. Danny learning that he's the true heir. You know, there's one thing left. The Clegane Bowl! Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to make... Uh, we need some Please. air horns. Air horns. Please, yeah. okay, okay. If, <laughs> if if we can, if if we can have Clegane Bowl, 
I, uh, all sins are forgiven. Maybe it'll be an entire episode. May, okay, so the next episode is probably going to be like preparation for the final That war. is the greatest battle. No, so that's episode, what, four, right? Maybe episode five will be Clegane Bowl. And then episode six is a bunch of uh, political like uh, meetings and things to finalize the resolution. of It's, it's like what happened in uh, Star Wars episode... Uh, the air horn episode, whatever it was, with all the uh, uh, Senate and all that stuff. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, what you got there, Joe Ash? So, Clegane Bowl. Clegane Bowl. <laughs> so, uh, will one of the following three episodes actually be named Clegane Bowl by by HBO? <laughs> well, if Joe Ash is right, and they basically the the the, the writers D and D, they're nicknamed. Uh, just basically just want to get through it, then why not? Yeah. Why, why wouldn't they do some fan service in that that's regard? A, that's a guaranteed ratings hike right there. Yeah, HBO would probably be in favor of it. Interesting. So, yeah, my, I guess my final uh, word on that is, uh, depending on how the final three episodes play out will be ultimately how I view this episode. Uh, I think that's fair. I think it's fair to wait to really judge it and see what the rest of it looks like. Yeah. It, it was it was uh I don't know how it sits right now. It was one of the was it Rotten Tomatoes, I think. Uh maybe one of the one of the rating sites. It was one of the three lowest rated episodes. But if you look at the three lowest rated episodes, uh they were all the uh essentially the most disappointing like uh I think one of them was the uh Purple, one of the weddings, was one of the lowest rated episodes. And uh, the Battle of the Bastards, or either the Battle of the Bastards or Hard... Like, essentially, the uh, so the, person the ones that's, where you're... The person that's rating us doesn't, doesn't like to watch lose battles. Somebody, yeah, or, or, or doesn't like to watch somebody uh, uh, die. Uh, well, well, Rotten Tomatoes gives a 92% to the... Nope, sorry, I got that backwards. A seventy-four percent to the long night. Oh, okay, so that's higher than what I had heard. Uh, it was not a lot higher. I heard something in the low seventies to lo- mid sixties to low seventies. Uh, um, does it? Is there a way to rank all the episodes from the whole series? Uh, well, you got to no? pick a season first. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's okay. Uh, what season was the purple wedding in? It would have been uh, probably season four, maybe. If that was the the purple wedding, I don't see as being the lowest rated. No. It's the red. No, that wedding. would have been yeah. Maybe the purple it was a red, wedding was. Yeah, I think you're right. Was, maybe it was a red wedding. The purple wedding was uh, what's his name, King Joffrey. Joffrey yeah, maybe it was that's season where he three. died. What season was the red wedding in? Season, season three. three. Yeah, uh, that's so long ago. Yes, indeed. that's too long ago. Uh, what was the name of the episode? I think it's just the red wedding, isn't it? Uh, it's a uh, hard to say. Uh, lowest rated. No, the epi- reigns of Castamir. Oh. Really, hundred percent. Huh. Well, anyway, uh, I don't. I, I obviously I've got that wrong. It may have been a different rating system, uh, but if it's a hundred percent, it wouldn't have been that. Um, uh, this was this was mentioned as being one of the lowest rated episodes, though, and I think I think a lot of that you could attribute to the poor uh, um, sort of weird writing and and uh, and poor technical choices. The lighting. The lighting is terrible. When, uh, oh, what's the witch's name? M- M- Melisandre. When Melisandre lit the trenches in the last episode, 
It was like, oh, finally I can see some stuff now. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking to myself, why'd you guys stop throwing the catapults? That's the only lighting you have as far as what's going on in the battle. Oh, okay. So, oh, never. Okay, I, I've got it. I figured you, you might have it up there, James. Do you have the lowest rated episodes? Uh, this one, I, I, I had sort of miscategorized. Uh, this, this one gives the lowest rated episode as the second episode of season one, The King's oh, Road. Oh, no, that's not. So, well, he, here's the uh, a wiki of Thrones uh, mentions season. Uh, uh, this was. By a wiki of Thrones, this was the second lowest rated episode. Um, what's a, what's that wiki about? <laughs> uh, Toilets. Uh, makes sense. The season five, episode six, unbowed, unbent, unbroken, was infamously remembered remembered for the Sansa Stark uh, rape marriage and rape scene. It was the lowest Ye- rated yeah. episode. That ever. makes sense. That um, makes sense. Uh, the Long Night has sunk to second. Um, and then the other longest, uh, the other lowest was the bear and the maiden fair, which is where Jamie had his hand cut off. Huh. So, uh, hmm. so it's so I, I had it wrong. I thought it was when, but, but I, ha- I had it right in a sense. It was where people have seen episodes where they did not like what was depicted. What was depicted? Yeah, it was a hand being chopped off and a rape and graphic rape. <laughs> Who knew people didn't want to see graphic rape? <laughs> Uh, I might have had a prediction on that front. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. A, I, I should have. I didn't see that coming. I yeah. gotta admit. It actually just really reinforces uh, how good the actual like books and source material for the first, you know, it, as far as they were written are, because uh, those are uh, just landmark. Uh, events in this fictional universe and uh the show wouldn't be any you know the show or the book the story would be impossible without those events i mean uh the characters wouldn't have developed as they did uh the plot couldn't have been progressed as it had if uh the best fighter in all the seven kingdoms hadn't lost a hand uh I mean, it's it's a measure that uh, the so-called second lowest rated episode in the series' history is also the most tweeted episode in its history. Um, and, and still gets a score of like something around like 75%. Yeah, and I think, I think, again, we're looking at like the lowest rated within what's considered one of the greatest TV shows ever created. So with the floor being so high your lowest is still going to be pretty good. I don't know. Are you comparing uh, Game of Thrones against Dallas? <laughs> Directly. <laughs> Directly, yes. Because you want to talk about world building. I mean, Dallas. <laughs> oh, boy. I've never seen a single episode, so I don't want to talk about it at all. But um, I just thought well, I'd throw that I, out there. I guess we uh, know uh, now that uh, Arya killed Jr. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's why I brought up Dallas. There was a whole controversy around uh, who, who shot Jr. that lasted for seasons upon seasons. Yeah, and then it turns out that it was all a dream. Well, no, no that wasn't. Or that was it. Was that a different? I believe soap the dream opera? part was a single season revolving one of uh, Jr.'s sons. Oh, okay. The who shot Jr. thing I, t- I think took the season, the series finale to resolve. I tell you, I haven't seen that many White Walkers <laughs> since I saw Dallas. <laughs> 
I don't know, but in, in terms of uh, uh, the ability of a of a show to just you know in, in just capture your attention for the duration, I, I think nothing can trump Lost. I think we all agree. Is that right? Yes, we do. Yes, we all <laughs> agree on that. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm, gonna get up, I'm gonna get up. I'm getting up and going home right now. Hey, I like <laughs> Lost, and I will fight you. I liked Lost. Sorry, I have up to up until uh, yes. I need to up until what? <laughs> Be specific. The last episode. What about? Oh, okay. Well, how would you? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Men- mention- how did you want it to be resolved? Did you actually expect it to be resolved in a way that made you be like, "Oh, that felt good. That was resolved just to my just the way I wanted it to Men- be." I at least wanted a resolution. Well, then you clearly weren't watching the series up until that point. <laughs> you expected answers. Ha. Well now, well now that I now that I've seen Lost, I know anything that J.J. Abrams done does is not going to have answers. Oh, you mean like Episode Nine of Star Wars? His whole yes, no, oh, great. His whole premise is the mystery in the box, which is the mystery in the box is greater than whatever is in the box. I hope you're wrong about Episode Nine, though. That's kind of the uh, theory of uh, um, draft picks in uh, pretty much all, every professional sport. <laughs> Yeah. Is the value of a draft pick is never greater than just before the draft. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the whole reason why he made um what's the monster movie he did? Cloverfield? Cloverfield. That's the whole reason he made Cloverfield the way he did. I mean that movie rarely shows the monster and it's not about the monster, it's about you know, the mystery of what is it, what's it doing, and that sort of thing. Yeah, but but Star Wars though, I mean come on. Star Wars. It's Star Wars, so, you know, Star Wars. Star Wars? Let's just say I'm going in with low expectations so that hopefully I will be pleasantly surprised. But it's Star Wars. Yes. Star Wars. And even when they were in the hands of George Lucas, we still got the prequels. By the way... I don't uh, want to speak ill of George Lucas, and if I speak of him again, I probably will, so let's change the subject. <laughs> Misa, not ah, so... No, no! <laughs> you shut up! You can... Joash, in my book, uh, you can do that anytime you want, but uh, <laughs> if you if you, if you, uh, if you want to hear my impression of Emmanuel Buzzer, just mention Lost again. Can I just say... Can I just say... Is that who did the voice of Jar Jar? Emmanuel Buzzer? Oh, maybe. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> to to the guy who did the to the guy who did the voice of Jar Jar Binks, I wish all the best, and I mean that sincerely. He's had a rough life, so I just I hope him all the best. <laughs> also, the uh, the actor that played Jake Lloyd, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Anakin. yes. Uh, I think he might have had it a little bit worse. Almost. I think Natalie Portman and um, who played uh, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi for crying out loud. Ewan McGregor? Ewan McGregor. Those are the two guys that made out really well. I mean, Meeson's doing okay. Yeah, but, I mean, he's just doing a lot of, I don't have a lot of skills. I think that's fine. No, no, I don't have a lot of money. That's what I don't have a lot of money, but I do have a certain set of skills. They made three of those movies. You got that, right? That was... That, that was, was taken. Lee, that yeah. was, no, that was Liam Meeson, right? Yeah. Sure. Spot on impression. That sounded like the perfect... Whatever accent he has. Yes. Vaguely Scottish. Mm-hmm. I want to change the subject abruptly to uh, talk about Lost again. Yes. Oh, do you <laughs> Misa no want to talk about Lost. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, Evangeline Lilly was in Lost. That was a joke, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Evangeline Lilly. Uh, what was she uh, in most recently that we saw? Well, uh, she was in Ant-Man she and the was in the Wasp. And oh, Ant-Man. that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And in Endgame. Yeah. At she, the end. She was also Toriel in the Hobbit movies. Mm-hmm. There so, is that. Any, uh, anyone have anything uh, non uh, TV we were talking going early, on. We were talking earlier tonight about Family Legends. Oh yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. So yours is yours is what? Okay. So uh, my uh, interestingly enough, uh, my dad uh, has taken uh, up a habit of buying all this whiskey he can find at the uh, liquor stores in his neighborhood. Uh, it's called uh, what is it? Jesse James uh, Bourbon uh, Whiskey. Uh, yeah, I think so. And uh, that's because in our family, the names uh, Jesse and James are uh, repeated uh, going back for generations for first and uh, middle names. And as as it would happen, uh, the genealogist in our family has uh, uh, has tra- traced our family history back to. Uh, uh, the James Gang, uh, the infamous uh, what train robbers, uh, I guess, uh, from the what Missouri or Kansas or. I don't think they ever niched themselves necessarily. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, that's. Uh, is there any is there any specific member of the James Gang that uh, supposedly uh, I am a descendant of Jesse James, the uh, the robber who was. Uh, also uh, assassinated by the coward Tom Ford. Is that right? By the cowardly <laughs> Tom Ford? Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a movie starring um, Brad Pitt about that, I believe. Yeah. So anyway, that's the, uh, that's the lore in our family. Is uh, It's always my, my dad, my grandpa, and uh, as far as I know, uh, his, his, my, my great-grandfather has been passing that uh, story along for uh, generations and uh, supposedly, my aunt has the uh, trace of genealogy, and it's apparently confirmed. I don't know uh, the exact branching and such, but does that mean that you could use his likeness and, uh, and legally not be? I don't know. Does he <laughs> does he have a likeness? I'm just wondering, like Brad Pitt, right? <laughs> right. I'm just wondering, like if you if you were to. I don't know. Is put out a put out a a, uh, a selection of of some sort of alcoholic beverage. Oh yeah, and name maybe like a brewery after it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I'm just wondering, you know, if you were to, yeah, yeah. no one else has done it. So uh, I guess uh, I don't know. Trademark office, right? I, I think I think that effort would be uh, uh, notable only if the brewers in question were uh, good. I think they have a really good uh, Magnificent Seven Saison. A Belgian beer. That's what I hear. I think the last remnants of that have been destroyed forever. (laughs) So who knows? No, no, no. Not forever. Later tonight, though. (laughs) I would just say that it was aromatic and soapy. Yes. Uh, What I would say is that the seven magnificent things I, I could not distinguish. They're written down uh, in a little spiral notebook somewhere. Yeah, so basically, uh, 
for those can name you, a few of them. For those of you that are listening. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, all ears, Josh. So you ho- you guys home you uh you two homebrewed a saison that was supposed to have seven spices to it, and it didn't quite turn out. It right. turned That's out what we're alluding to, but it didn't taste very good. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. It fermented. Uh, it has definite Belgian uh, yeast notes and uh, and a beer like quality uh, color. Uh, um, sort of the effervescence uh, and even the taste of a beer. Uh, just one with uh, some interesting. Uh, I don't know if I would say chemical, but sort of interesting uh, flavors and. Uh, <laughs> Mmm, chemicals. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> all natural flavors. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, well, uh, l- let me let me see if uh, I could name as many. Is there any of it left? Adjunct ingredients uh, over there. I think uh, you poured yeah, it out. Yeah, I guess out. so. There's a little bit left. Hold on uh, a second. I'll be right back. So uh, there's definitely coriander, cardamom, cardamom, two, cilantro, three. Um. Uh, do we use orange peel? Four. I think we use dried orange peel. Uh, maybe lemon peel. Maybe orange and lemon. Maybe not. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, cilantro. What else? There was another. Uh, Most of them started with C. I'll give not, you that. Not chive. I don't think <laughs> chive was one. Uh, cilantro. Uh, maybe parsley. No. Probably. Oh. Uh, uh, I'm oh, I'm oh, stuck. Hold on, hold on, just a second. Let me see something. Do we, we add cinnamon or something? I hope not. Yeah. I'm getting good. soap. Yeah. <laughs> Soapy. I'm getting yeast. Yeah, that's the peppery. That's uh, a, that's about all I'm getting. Yeah. I don't know. So. Do you care to see if there's anything extra in there? I named all of my uh, lemongrass. Oh yeah, I think we did. Do, I think you're right. I think we did do lemongrass. That's five. That's five. Uh, so there were only two uh, things short, and it was uh, it was just too many. Uh, it was just too many different notes and flavors uh, in one. Well, this is what your guys's third attempt or second attempt at brewing. Third. That's not. I mean, we got cocky after our second attempt. The the problem actually the, tasted pretty good. The, the reason uh, mm, Confucius always say, "He who put hand in pocket walk around feeling cocky all day." This was uh, words to live by. <laughs> this this was a uh, a different type of beer than uh, most than a lot of uh, brewers will uh, attempt to brew, and uh, the traditional way of making a saison was it was it was what you would call a. Uh, essentially like a Belgian or a French or a farm, what do they call it? like a farmhouse Farmhouse ale. style, yeah. And the reason that it was called that is it would, it would just be cellared in a, like a dugout cellar and fermented at a, a like a warm summer temperature in the cellar. So like a much higher temperature than most beers are fermented at, which is friendly to a Belgian yeast. A Belgian yeast uh, has a distinct uh, flavor um, in a peppery character, and the Belgian uh, or French or, or you know whatever uh, brewers or farmers, they would uh, essentially for flavoring instead of hopping their beer, um, hops were not like a a crop necessarily of that region. 
they would just throw in, uh, you know, sort of whatever crop or spice or, uh, I don't know what you call it, like adjunct ingredient was available or fresh at that in time. A, in abundance. Yeah. And it would just go into the beer. Uh, so your beer might have, uh, I guess, orange or lemon peel probably wasn't like a, uh, that region's, uh, you know, primary you know, crop. Right. Uh, but, but whatever was on the farm at that time, uh, it could be an herb or a spice or, or, you know, it would just go in there. That's crazy. Anyway, so your family legend is, Oh yeah. You're related to Jesse James. Sorry. uh, No, 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 no. I, 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 I got you derailed on that. What's your family legend? Well, I don't want to talk about this too much because I don't have all the details because uh, I'm not the one who did the research. My dad did the research. Look, the devil's in the details, and I will have nothing to do with the devil. So so should I just stop talking then? No. Oh. Just talk, but leave out all the details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell us, tell us what it is, or I'm going to uh, ask for... Uh, <laughs> Have a <laughs> ask. Yes. Ask yeah. for ask for the uh, the genealogy. Yeah, hey, I haven't done the twenty three and Me thing. Okay, but my dad has apparently. You're done white. Like yeah. That's all you need to know. <laughs> well, I'm not going to pay a company to tell me that. Anyway, uh, my dad is done, is the one that has done some research into this, and uh, I, I can't even begin to replicate the story he likes to tell about this. But apparently. My ancestry can be traced back to the age of William Wallace, not William Wallace himself, but one of the people responsible for the death of William Wallace. Specifically, one of the people that, again, I can't verify this, I haven't done the research, but apparently... That's why it's called the legend. uh, Good point. Uh, Apparently, after William Wallace was killed, he was divided into four pieces, and those pieces were given to four people of some notability. I don't know what their titles were. And uh, my ancestry can be traced back to one of the people (laughs) that could claim one of the uh, pieces of William Wallace. And so if you imagine William Wallace being cut into into quarters, you know, you got top left, you know, bottom right, etc., right? Right. Um, Again, I'm skipping through a lot of the stuff here. If my dad was telling the story, one, it would go on for a lot longer than this, and two... What I'm about to say would be a lot funnier, but the, because the punchline is basically uh, our unofficial family motto of, I'll have a leg, please. <laughs> so I'm just curious then, in that situation where you've got, you know, you're dividing the legs, is it kind of like, is it kind of like pulling the wishbone from a, from a turkey where like the family who gets the, That's the, my Frank, visual as the well. family who gets the Frank and beans is the one that gets to make a wish? Well, if that's true, I'm guessing it wasn't our side of the family that got to make that wish, because I don't know what that would have, wish would have been for, <laughs> uh, that we would have been booned with all these generations. Uh, not that I'm complaining about anything, not, you know, mind you, it's just that, you know, we're not currently a, like, you know, wealthy lord fa- oh, you know, family in a castle or something I like that. I see. So you think it's the uh, the folks that inherited uh, Downton Abbey uh, <laughs> that uh, that pulled the better uh, end of the bone? Oddly <laughs> enough, Downtown Abbey was William Wallace's nickname for his uh, crotchular region. <laughs> that is odd. <laughs> that is very odd. I'm sc- I'm sorry, not Downtown Abbey, Downton Abbey. Uh, oh, that yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. I. Um, so what what about your uh, legend, Joash? Well, it's not, I mean, I guess you could call it a legend. It's actually it's one of those weird sort of I don't know 
if any of you have seen the TV show where they had like famous people do ancestry and be like, I can't believe, oh, yeah, yeah blah, where blah, did blah, I blah, come blah. from or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So my dad, who, who I, am I? Was that what it that's was? That's what it was. <laughs> yes. And so my dad and I decided to uh, create an ancestry account, and we found out that um, my four-time great grandfather is Thomas Bullock who was the personal secretary to both Joseph Smith and Brigham Young uh, and wrote kind of a, a biopic about the Mormons' pilgrimage from Illinois to Utah and was central in, in uh, documenting a bunch of the early Mormon church and stuff like that. So, um, so our family was heavily Mormon until my great-grandfather more uh, married a Catholic. And that was the uh, that was the end of that, shall we just say. It's like oil and water, isn't it? Yes. yes. Yeah, the moment that happens, that side of the family is cut off. Ah. So, yeah. But anyway, um, we were talking earlier tonight. I'm just curious, for anyone, for anyone that does listen to this podcast, aside from the two of you... Oh, should I tune you out now? Oh, I'm yes. sorry. I'm okay. sorry. Go uh, ahead. I, I, I actually, I don't... I only download. I don't <laughs> listen. Um, I am curious, though, like if you guys, uh, outside of the two of you that are listening, have any family legends that either you know are true or have just been passed down generationally that are true, that, that, uh, that are funny or that are kind of eye-opening, that sort of thing. And if so... Um, Tweet it out to us uh, at Antimatter Hour, and put the uh, hashtag Family Legend. Yeah, we're not looking for anything verifiable here. We're just looking for stories that have right. Been it doesn't. Down. It doesn't have to be verifiable. Yeah, if we don't is, care about great, details. We just we just exactly. want the stories. If it's a, it just if it's a legend. Yeah. Uh, I always find that funny when you talk to people, and and that's kind of like you know everyone's related to someone big that sort of thing. So anyway, yes, I just found that let funny. us let us know why and how uh, you are. Practically American royalty. Exactly. Yes. Ooh, maybe if we get enough comments to this, uh, enough tweets, we could play uh, Six Degrees of Separation from Kevin Bacon with ourselves. And then maybe through the listeners of this podcast who leave comments, we'll, we will be connected to Kevin Bacon. That would be the greatest family legend of all. Yes. Exactly. Well, he's a living legend. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. I want to find out how I'm related to Nev Campbell. <laughs> Who was in Wild Things with Kevin Bacon? Oh, there you go. I want to find out how I'm related to Denise Richards, who was also in Wild Things with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> and uh, oh, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the the funny guy. Uh, uh, oh, the funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean Kevin Bacon? <laughs> who was also in Wild Things? Uh, who is that dumb guy? Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, now you're narrowing it down. He's dumb and funny. Right. Well, I'll find it. Uh, <laughs> we have the uh, database. Uh, I, I guess we need to answer this uh, question immediately. Hasn't anybody seen Wild Things uh, this week? Uh, I've seen about two or three minutes of Wild Things. Matt Dillon, of if course. If you know what I'm talking Matt about. Matt Dillon. <laughs> Which one of us? Okay, let's uh, actually, uh, who who thinks, uh, uh, I'm going to go with Joe Ash. Who thinks they're most closely related to Matt Dillon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, knowing nothing about Matt Dillon, uh, 
I'm going to say that we are probably all equally related to him because, you know. Yeah, well, you, you could be right. Pretty, uh, pretty impressive uh, filmography uh, there. Yep. Something about Mary. Uh, oh, Simpsons episode. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> he oh. was a Midnight Cowboy. That uh, oh, that's the name of the episode. If you've been in a Simpsons episode, that instantly connects you to like oh the tow truck practically truck. everyone else. Yeah, he's in the Simpsons. Therefore, he's connected to uh, basically everybody. Oh, did you guys? Uh, uh, did you hear about the uh, McKiller uh, Brewery uh, announcement? I did. No, I didn't. Tell me. Well, uh, kind of big news. Uh, uh, I, I have to admit, uh, I, I don't have all the details, but uh, so a, as we all know, in Portland, uh, brewery and craft brewery culture is uh, uh, pretty much like a runaway freight train. Uh, there's no stopping uh, progress. Runaway train, yeah. never coming back. The uh, sole one of one of like the very very seldom examples of a, a brewery, a craft brewery that form, formerly was very successful but has uh, ceased operations, closed the doors, is the Burnside Brewery. Great, great prime location right in the center of Portland, like on one of the busiest streets in Portland. Uh, huge name, great brewery, great facilities, but they uh, closed up shop last year. And the building and restaurant have been vacant for uh, a number of months now. It was just announced uh, this week, uh, I believe, that Mikkeller Brewery, a is it a Danish. Danish brewery, will be opening like essentially like a pop-up brewery uh, and restaurant in the old Burnside Brewing location. That is exciting. And it's it's a Mikkeller is a world-class brewery. Uh, the brewer uh, was either front. I think he was trained in Portland. Uh, he's not native to Portland, but I believe he he sort of cut his brewing teeth, so to speak, in Portland, and then uh, and then moved back to uh, what is the uh, is it Denmark? Is that Danish? Yes, uh, yeah. Copenhagen is Mo- the capital. Yeah, he moved back to Copenhagen and opened his brewery, which is now like a world famous brewery. Uh, and now he's going to be opening a pop-up in Portland. Just to mention that pop-up, it sounds like it's something tiny. It's got 23 taps, 23 McKellar taps. Yeah. So there's a lot of McKellar beer going on. I think, I, think it would be, I think it would be safe to say that this is a pop-up for a world-class distiller, or a brewing oh, company. Yeah. Not, not just like a pop-up by itself, like, right? It has to be it has to be taken into context. Well, it's pop up because it's temporary, and you know, they're not they don't have their own premises here in Portland yet. Right? They're looking into it, I think. But this is not just some. Oh, here's a here's a Danish beer. Here's twenty three Danish beers. Right, and it's it's. Uh, I don't think I've ever had a Mikkeller uh, beer, but apparently, and I've heard the names. I've heard the. Uh, Reverence with which it's it's spoken of, and uh, I believe they're considered. I mean, amongst the top breweries in the world. I mean, uh, 
at least for smaller breweries. Well, not just the fact that it's a pop-up brewery, but it's also having what looks to be a very, like a very good restaurant too. Oh which yeah, is supposedly uh, uh, going to have uh, food that differs from your basic Americana brew pub sort of thing. Yeah, the uh, I think the I think the fact that this uh, pop-up is uh, taking place in Portland and. Uh, you know, the, the brewer has a background from Portland, uh, but the, the fact that this is happening in Portland is a strong testament to the uh, uh, respect that Portland has, uh, has sort of gained on the, the world, not just like the North American beer scene, but the world uh, beer scene. I mean, they yeah. could have, if he wanted to ha- have a pop-up brewery, literally probably could have picked any city anywhere in the world and said, I'm going to have a San Diego would have been another good choice. Yeah. Or Denver, like Colorado. Denver, Colorado. Yeah, if you're, uh, if you're in the U.S. and you Tokyo, want... Tokyo, Japan. <laughs> if you're yeah. in the U.S. and you're, and you're you know, looking for a beer scene, it's either Portland or Denver. Denver is where they, held, they hold the... Um, Great American Beer Fest? Yeah, that one, the Great American Beer Festival, to basically give, to crown the awards of, of beer, of brewing. But Portland, I think... Uh, we're the best at something when it comes to beer. Um, more more breweries per capita or something like that. Yeah, yeah I think brewery innovation is uh, in Portland is uh, amongst uh, probably the best. Portland has the first nonprofit pub, That's which true. is That's interesting. True. Yeah, the Oregon uh, is that the Oregon brew house or Oregon public house? I yeah, think? yeah. So they also had uh, for a time there was also a, a nonprofit brewery, but they s- have since transitioned from nonprofit to, to for profit. <laughs> uh, but uh, not to de- derail. Uh, sure, you had a. Well, that's uh, the thing that comment. happens in Portland is you start small and you grow, and eventually you, you're no longer a microbrewery anymore, and you basically you know, sell yourself to you know, Budweiser or whatever. And you've made it, but that you know that that then leaves a slot or, or space in the you know, a void for another microbrewery to take its place. Isn't Aviation Gin Portland based? I believe so. Yes, and they've sold some of their products. Yeah, and, and uh, Aviation is now owned by Ryan Reynolds. I believe specifically the gin is. Yes. Yeah, Aviation or, or, Gin, or is it or the entire company? It's Aviation Gin. The gin, okay. But the bottle still says Portland. Portland company. Well, it's still made here. I yeah. Think. So I mean, you know, I I think it's I think I think you're definitely on point with what you're saying, Jesse, in the sense that Portland is really becoming known as a an incubator, uh, uh, an incubator, and a real hot spot for brewing and even even distilling at this point. Yeah, distilling. We've got uh, our share of distilleries. McKellar, I, I don't know if they have a distil- distilling operation here in the Portland area, but they do make some spirits. But I don't know if we, I don't know if we've been gifted with their their presence at this time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, this is uh, big big news on the uh, brewing scene in Portland, and I uh, actually need to do a little bit more research, find out when they're going to open, and we really should uh, make time to get down there. And check this uh, situation out. Has in it? Person. It hasn't opened yet, though, has it? I don't believe. No, I don't believe so. It's still kind of in its regulatory um, setup phase. Yeah, like uh, 
like it's planned. It's in probably in the execution phase. Like things are getting executed. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I cannot confirm or deny at this point whether or not the McKellar Brewing um, temporary spot is open. Well, yet. you know what? I'll just say this: if it is, I'll uh, stop in there tomorrow. But I don't think it's quite <laughs> yet. But Looks like June first. Oh, there you go. Might be kind of the their target date for opening and operating. Okay, That's, yeah. Sounds about right. Let's go with that. June 1st. Um, anyway, so we got to talk about the brew scene in Portland. Got to talk about Game of Thrones, Family Legends, trivia. Any last words? Um, if you haven't seen it, go see Avengers Endgame. Send it, see, see it now. Are these are these do it, la- do it now? Are these last word? <laughs> are these last word last words or no, just like last just, topic? Just or, a last topic. Uh, yeah, anything quickly to to add in before we wrap up? Mm, no, not really. I'm just uh, things are uh, picking back up here. I'm pretty uh, pretty stoked for uh, the playoffs and yep. Uh, uh, looking forward to doing a little better on trivia, but uh, and we have some more fun movies coming out this summer. Yeah, things things have been good for me. I won my first uh, confetti prize. Uh, my car's been fixed. Woo woo! I uh, recoiled physically from uh, uh, the uh, sight of delivering flowers to a customer who answered the door because she opened the door and had a gruesome eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was. I think that when you're sending flowers to someone who. Uh, uh, has sustained a massive facial injury. Uh, you should uh, warn the delivery person uh, <laughs> beforehand. Don't comment on her eye. <laughs> well, I thought half of flower deliveries for, were for unfortunate events like that. Well, uh, I mean... Uh, Here are your flowers. Oh, God! Oh, God! Very, uh, actually, just, just below, you know, actually uh, slightly below... Forty percent are uh, for uh, people who have uh, uh, lost a good chunk, like percentage of their face, and uh, <laughs> are now uh, head bandaged and uh, like with like you know the blood seeping through. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess you wouldn't wouldn't normally expect said person to answer the door to receive said flowers, would you? No. Uh, does anyone watch Barry? No, I've uh, seen episode one, season oh, one. Very great show. Uh, won't won't get into the reference, but uh, uh, maybe yeah, something we can talk about in the future. But. So that's one of those. That's one of those uh, situations where you feel dumb if you say, "So how are you doing?" Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, thank you. Uh, take care. <laughs> yeah, right. Have exactly. a nice how afternoon. Do you, how do you say? What do you say? Anyway, what about you, Jamie? See you later, alligator. <laughs> Uh, Specifically, see you later. What about me? What now? Any any last topics or anything you want to squeeze in before we? Uh, oh yeah, uh, like I said before, uh, uh, you need to see uh, again to those who are listening. See Avengers Endgame because sooner or later we're going to start talking about it, and spoilers will be fair game at some point. For now, it's protected, but it won't always be that way. Right. Oh. You mean just us as a society in general? 
No, I mean us three. Oh. Uh, we, we just talked about season three episode, or sorry, season eight episode three of Game of Thrones. Right. With some spoilers. We're, we're going to talk about that sort of thing with Avengers Endgame at some point in yes. the future. Oh. And we'll also probably uh, have uh, memes. Yes. On the social uh, side. On the social side. And, and, and besides, I mean, if you're listening to this, uh, then you're, you're the sort of person that, uh, you know, visits the internet. And the internet is full of spoilers, among other things. Yes. Don't be spoiled. So go see it before it's spoiled, and then come listen to another one of our podcasts where we talk about it. And then come help us spoil it for others. I mean, uh, talk about it. At some point, we're going to have to decide how long is, is enough before we can spoil it. Is, it. is it a week? Is it a month? Is it a year? Is it what? I think as long as you, as long as you tag it. And you know, go out with spoiler alert or whatnot. You're okay. Yeah. Uh, well, at some point, we're just going to not bother with that and just start talking. If, about it. Yeah. if you have any feedback for uh, what we said about Game of Thrones or anything you heard on the podcast, or any pre-feedback for Endgame, where do you email that to? Uh, do we want people emailing us? Sure. Why not? Because the. That's what podcasts do. By the time they listen to this, it should be fine. Okay. Be, what is it? Antimatter at antimatterhour.com. Uh, it's hello at antimatterhour.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. And now that box is going to be full of spam and practically useless. No, it's not. That's how, inter- that's how the internet works. <laughs> do, do, do you, either of you two have a, an email account that is not Gmail? No. Well, the, you don't know what I'm talking about. Sure, then. I have other email accounts. I have Yahoo and Hotmail. And, okay, uh, I might have to change the email address at some point in the future. Yeah, that's fine. You get overrun with spam. Mark my words. Mark them. But isn't that a sign of success? Spam? Yeah. There isn't there a spam filter in email accounts? Have you not heard of the internet? Yes. It's a con. Ninety-eight percent of the internet is spam. You can't just defeat the spam. It's constant. It's never-ending. It's unceasing. Hmm. Let me ask you this, Jesse. Do you think that Eyes Wide Shut is a musical? Is there music? (laughs) Does Tom Cruise sing in that movie? Because if so, I got to see that movie. No, but Stanley Kubrick does. Mm, Pass. Anyway, I I think we're all good here. Well, we haven't said what your weekly wrap-up is, Josh. Oh. Oh, hey. My weekly, <laughs> uh, yeah. Weekly wrap-up, uh, breaking news. This is Channel's Television's Breaking News. I don't know what that was. <laughs> breaking, <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> you just did an internet search for breaking news, didn't you? I did. <laughs> You haven't seen uh, you haven't seen South Park bigger, longer, yes. uncut. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Wait, isn't that basically the same plot as Les Miserables? <laughs> no, but the first three songs, if you if you heard the titles of those, you'd think it's Les Miserables. Um, so my weekly wrap up is uh, hey, it's the beginning of spring, especially for those of us in America. So get your trimmers out. It's time to it's time to clean up your yard. That's what I'm doing tomorrow. Uh, yes. Well, keep keep talking for just a few seconds. Okay. Uh, we're getting ready to get our yard ready for, uh, what do you call it, uh, backyard uh, 
fire uh, campfire season. Yeah, uh, for me, it is definitely going to be getting that blackberry bush cut down, and yeah. then uh, and then possibly possibly starting to put up a fence and maybe getting a chicken coop with some chickens. Ooh, a fence, chickens. Yeah. And then uh, between you and me, we could uh, like almost start a farm. Uh, chickens. Uh, you got a rabbit. Bunnies. Yeah. Oh, you guys got a new rabbit? We have a rabbit. Uh, oh, nice. We have a wild one that's coming into the backyard, actually. Oh. A wild one's coming in and eating uh, little grasses and uh, uh, raspberry leaves. and. Uh, but did you get like an actual... Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the one? house. Yeah. It's, oh, a, nice. it's a little uh, lion's head uh, rabbit. It's uh, currently fighting an infection. We've... Uh, Oh. Got some sort of an infection. But I'm sorry. To we haven't that. had great luck with the uh, rabbit health, but it's almost. Uh, it seems like the antibiotics have just about run their course, yeah. and uh, the rabbit's uh, nearly back to full health. Don't say anything to my kids yet. My wife and I are still discussing, but we're thinking about doing three hens. Ooh, that could be good. They're supposed to be relatively quiet. You get fresh eggs. Free eggs, yeah. Eggs are great. Yeah, and. They make pretty good pets, So actually. In the uh, business networking group that I uh, belong to, uh, the president of the business uh, networking group has a... He, he lives out in Sandy on a number... have several acres. I think it's like seven acres or something like that. They have, they have a, they have <sighs> a chicken wish. coop. Uh, I wish. Me too. They have a chicken coop with, I think he said, eight or seven or eight hens. Uh, and... He gets uh, almost a dozen fresh eggs every day because some Man. of the eggs, some of the hens lay two. Yeah. Uh, so he gets like around around about six dozen eggs a week. He always brings a dozen eggs to the meeting with him <laughs> every Man. single day. I so wish I could do that. I uh, Yeah, yesterday was my annual trip to Home Depot. Annual? Get, well, I mean, every spring, summer or so. <laughs> So you, you skip some to, years? Well, no, annual is yeah, yeah. every year. Oh, right. I skip some months, but every year around this time tends to be the time that I make my trip to Home Depot. Last year it was to get a new barbecue. Ooh, uh, good deal. Yeah, I got a Weber, which, I mean, I can't complain. It's That's the best of the best. It is. And uh, this year it was to get a trimmer and a uh, handheld screwdriver. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, that's good. Uh, ours is a Weber also, uh, and it's it's actually a hand me down from my dad. Uh, he he always buys the uh, big fancy. Oh yeah, like a lot of square footage, a lot of square inches, uh, um, a lot of so cubic my, inches. Yeah, yeah. So my, mine's a really big, great barbecue, but it, it is pretty old. But uh, yeah, we can really. Uh, I can probably throw on there uh, a number of like a solid slab of ribs, uh, a whole probably a whole chicken, uh, six or eight burgers, number of dogs. You can get them all in there at one time. Get some sides going with like the the cream corn or the <sighs> or the baked beans going on the side burner. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. For me, it's just it's for me it's just the charcoal. Oh yeah, I just have yeah. your basic charcoal, but I oh, love yeah. to do I those love to good. do ribs in that. Yeah, those and are then, nice. Uh, and then the Weber put, kettle. Put corn yeah. in the oven for about thirty minutes with the uh, with the husk on. Give it a good shuck, and man, you've got. Oh, this is my favorite time of year because of that. I love that. I love barbe- that kind of barbecue food 
Oh yeah, I just no. oh. barbecue sides are, are great. Yes. My uh, my goal. You, I don't think you've been to my backyard or my house, but uh, not yet. We'll have to get over there uh, soon. Uh, our backyard. Last year, I I completed, but have not yet christened the uh, outdoor movie theater. Ooh. Um, so I constructed a uh, movie screen out of a uh, out of some PVC pipe and an inexpensive uh, uh, sort of silver screen off of uh, sure. Amazon, and uh, took took advantage of Prime Day and bought you know a, a Bluetooth speaker and an actual uh, uh, projector. Nice. And uh, we we actually like proof of concept like sort of tested it uh, with James. Uh, I think last summer, but never really got around to watching a movie on it. I'll but tell you I'll this tell you, summer. Yeah, yeah. Invite if you want to invite us over. We'll bring over some. We'll bring over some sides and stuff, and oh, we'll yeah. we'll make an event out of it. Yeah, we want to do like the whole nine yards, like a, a good movie. Uh, doesn't need to be like a, like a loud movie. Sure. Laura's a little uh, worried about bothering the neighbors. Oh, sure. But, uh, uh, we, you know, like Scotch cigars movie. Sort yeah. of thing, yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey, yeah. Um, so I'm glad that that paid off, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, technology sucks. <laughs> uh, ramp, got, ramp, ramp, ramp. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. I've got three different devices here in which I could play music, but none of them will work because the internet is stupid. Anyway, so yeah, good times. That was bonus material. That was. Yeah. yeah that's for patron. That's for patrons only. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, shall we wrap it up for today? Yeah, that's a good place. All right. Okay. Jesse, would you like to send us out? I was uh, hoping you would ask. <laughs> Peace out, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>